Hey guys, welcome back to The Blair White Project. Make sure you guys follow me on Ibble, who is providing the beautiful studio today. And today we have Sydney Watson. It is me. The tables have turned. I've been on your show twice. You now have. you're on my new show. Mm. So excited to have you. How was the drive here? Uh, it was actually really, really chill. Lots of Good. music and uh, pulled over in Waco. Uh, and I know we were just talking about this beforehand, but I know you've now been to the Waco spot yeah. where the, the super fun thing happened. I'd actually love to go. You should go. It's really crazy. There's um, a tour there mm -hmm. and there's like a person who kind of explains what happened because it is a very complicated, messy story. Um, but the long and short of it, people who don't know, uh, the government killed like almost 30 small children and then countless adults. Yep. Um, and it's crazy because two things can be true at once. It's like there was some culty stuff happening, but also like the government shouldn't go in and like kill little children. Yeah. And they did so, it under false pretenses as well. Yeah, yeah it was. So. It's insane. So you should go. It's it's it. I know you hate the government. You'll hate them uh, 20 times more because I didn't think I could hate them anymore. And now I do. <laughs> this uh, is how I feel about anything, though. Every single time I hear about an event like the Ruby Ridge thing that happened, which I know is a little more dicey, uh, but that still gets brought up in relation to Waco as well. Anytime I hear about these stories or, you know, watch documentaries about things that have happened to American citizens, I just get super irate. Right. And crazy. then you kind of realize that it's just been a slow burn to like what's happening now. You look at like lockdowns and just uh -huh. so much stuff they get away with now. And it's like, well, maybe it's not that shocking because they killed 30 kids in Texas. Seriously. And yeah. and, and the, the, the amazing thing is that the people who participated in that, the agents, there's no repercussions. You can no. just do whatever you want, apparently, as long as you're in government. There's pictures of them smiling and laughing on the scene after they've just murdered all these children and these adults it's like you forget about the adults it's awful as well but yeah yeah so what's crazy is i was rocking my brain like when did i first meet sydney and i was like was it the first time i did you are here your show on the blaze um no mm -mm. we met on sets of a jubilee shoot uh -huh. in 2020 was it 2020 oh because it was right before all the lockdowns and crap happened that was yeah. the last time i saw my family i just got back oh from australia Yes. Oh, but you did see them recently. No, no, I haven't. See, it's so weird because when I disappear off the internet, everyone thought that I went home to Australia, but I'm like, how am I supposed to get in when it's like still com comified? Comified? It's communist-y. Yeah. It's psycho over there. 100%. But we met on that, we were talking about the, the Me Too movement. Yeah, I isn't remember. it so crazy how like that used to be almost the center of political discourse and now it's like, who talks about Me Too now? No one. I mean, I walked away from it and it was crazy because like, I think we both cried. Yes. It's so funny that you bring this up because one of my followers sent me a video the other day um, of a girl who made a response video to, you know, Vosh, obviously, you know, Vosh. I don't know if you saw, but after that video, he did like a reaction to the Jubilee episode that we were in. And he took the clip of us all talking about experiences with sexual assault and rape and what have you. And he, to my situation, laughed and was like, this is made up. She made this up. And this girl who was That's reacting, so I know, I was like, who, who does that? And it, she just was basically making the point, and he did this years ago, but this girl who was responding to it was making the point that his position on supporting women is predicated entirely on their political leanings. And because I'm right wing and because my story is not believable, it, you know, he was like, she made this up, which, why, why would I but make that up? But that's just childish. Up? Yes. But it's also childish in a way that, like, is very hurtful. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, so... I don't remember exactly how much I talked about on that episode about my experience. I think I just talked about the fact that I was raped because I was when I was 18 or 19. It was actually such a traumatic event. I don't remember which age. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember being 
really regretful that I even talked about it on there because I knew instantly I was like, not necessarily because of him, just anyone. I was like, there's no way this isn't going to be used against me. Even yeah. though I talked about it before, but it was years prior. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I guess that's kind of the conundrum with like the space that we're both in, which, you know, you're a YouTuber, go subscribe to our channel. Um, but like, do you ever regret kind of getting too personal? Because I yeah. do all the time. Well, so I was so embarrassed because I'm not an emotional person. Right. Like I don't, and I, I said this actually on Michael Malice's show, Michael, uh, that like I kind of, I'm, I'm not like super empathetic either. Like it, that's kind of been like a learned thing that I try really hard because I want to be normal. <laughs> I want to be like normal people. Um, and be so, a human. Yeah, exactly. Like just, just blend in with uh, all the other uh, lizard people. And so on that episode, it's so funny that you say that because yeah, I was so embarrassed after the fact that I had to make a whole video talking about. Did you? Yes, because I was like, I need to explain myself because I don't cry, I don't get emotional. And that day I was super jet lagged because I literally flew in from Australia the day before. It was such a mess. It like, was, oh my God. It's weird because I think of myself as this very tough person, but like. You are, you're like, you're tough as nails. I am, but like also I cry so easily. <laughs> Well, also that other woman, there was another, for anybody who hasn't seen the episode, uh, there was another woman who was sitting there talking about her experience with sexual assault and she triggered the rest of us. Oh, once one person goes. She started to cry and then everybody was like, because <laughs> it was just, it's just when you hear that stuff and especially if you've been through it, it's hard for it not to get yeah, to you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What was, if you're comfortable talking about it, what was the story that you told? I remember that you kind of didn't go into specific details too much because mm -hmm. I think it was so hard for you. Mm -hmm. um, but you said you did a video where you talked about it more. So what was just the a little bit? Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was uh, and this is and the reason I don't go into detail is because it's so psychotic, the whole story itself. And I yeah. am embarrassed because I feel like people won't believe me. So basically what happened was I was uh, on a flight from uh, Australia to Malaysia. And on my flight, the man sitting next to me was touching me inappropriately and yeah, and I and I felt at the time, I, I think God. I was 20 or 21, um, I felt very trapped, like I couldn't get away and it was very, very, very traumatic. And by the time I finally stood up and got out of my seat, because I was in the window seat and he was obviously trapped sitting next to me, uh, I finally got up, I like got the courage and, and I went to the air hostesses and I was like, um, could you please move me? And I, at this point I was trying to be all tough about it and they were like, why? And I said, well, because the man sitting next to me has oh been groping God. me for the past four hours. And then I just lost it. Oh my God, I lost it. And I bowled my eyes out. Um, and it was the worst thing in the world to be, you know, in the air, crying your eyes out to these poor air hostesses who were like, oh my God, what do we do with this woman? So yeah. what they did was they put me in the back of the plane and then I'll never forget this. The male, I guess, like superintendent, I'm not quite sure what they're called, of the airplane, he came down to me at the end and he said, could you please stop crying? You're making the other passengers uncomfortable. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. So I got back to, I, well, I ended up getting, because I was on my way to France. Um, I ended up getting my second flight to France. It was a whole traumatic experience getting even there because my second flight got grounded for 24 hours and I was traumatized and yada, yada. I get to France. This is a nightmare. <laughs> it was horrible. I ended up getting salmonella. For, uh, for a month, it just went undiagnosed. I ended what? up going to hospital. I lost uh, about, well, I don't know, 10 kilos. What's that in your made up numbers? 20 pounds. I was skeletal. I came back to Australia, got all that sorted. I was skinny and gross oh and traumatized. God. Then went to the police and uh, was like, listen, yep, this is what happened. And they had to determine who's wh where it happened, like which airspace it was in, so whose jurisdiction it was. Right. So that was horrible as well. And then by the end of it, and sorry, this is such a long story, but no. by the end of it, the police ended up saying, 
there's really nothing that we can do with this because if we pursue it and we take it to court, it'll get thrown out for cultural differences because the individual in question happened to be from Sri Lanka and was a Muslim. And so Vosha's position was she made this up. She had to make it about race. But I'm like, no, I think it's an integral point of this story that the reason it wasn't being pursued was because the guy happened to be a Muslim. And so, you know, the fact that they can say, oh, you can, you know, sexually abuse women or sexually, you know, harass women and it's okay because this person happens to be of a particular ideology is just ridiculous. And he said that doesn't happen. It happens all the time. Rotherham, like Rotherham cases, everybody, Rotherham. And I don't think anyone with their head screwed on even remotely tight mm -hmm. is going to think that that's okay. No. You know? and, and also, like, for me, not that I wouldn't believe you without this own experience, but... um. Anytime I've ever dealt with police, they're incompetent to the extreme. Let's just be honest. Like um, in 2019, when I was doxxed by Jessica and Eve Havich, um, that bitch doxxed me. And immediately, you know, I was like, okay, what happens next is you get swatted. Look what's mm -hmm. happening to Tim Pool. Everyone we know. It's like it's happened to everyone yep. except me. Thank God. Yeah, touch wood. Uh, yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> Brick, whatever. Um and I remember going and like, they're like, well, you know, even though you have been docs and people are threatening to come kill you and SWAT you, mm -hmm. um, we still have to come and SWAT you if someone says that you're doing something. I'm like, so there's nothing that can be written down a note that like, hey, if someone tells SWAT teams to come to Blair White's house, maybe don't. Mm -hmm. And no. So the idea that cops are blindly going to help you, I think, is is childish. But also that is very hurtful to not be believed, especially, you know, obviously it's hypocritical. Believe all women is the hashtag. But yeah, I mean, I understand there being a level of skepticism after all the Me Too stuff. I totally get it. And I don't expect to just be blanket believed by people. But because of how psycho my experience was and all the intricate little details that, you know, I can easily recall. But also, too, if anybody were to look into it, there are, you know, you can get documents about it. My my statements to the police, all that sort of stuff. A lot of it's redacted. Um, just because, you know, given the nature of it, but even a, a news, a channel, um, sorry, a news channel, I can't speak English today, was able to find me to do a story on my, my experience because they were like, oh, wow. oh actually women getting assaulted, um, on airplanes is remarkably common. It actually is. Yeah. And people may not believe that, but I have literally been on a plane when I got, what's it called on the iPhone when it's like a, you send a picture when you're on Wi-Fi. It's like a... I don't have an iPhone. I'm just a, I'm just a poor Android person. Okay. Well, then you're safe <laughs> from this particular experience. Air tag, about to... air, air... Airdrop, airdrop, okay. airdrop. So, um, like, I've literally been airdropped a dick pic on a plane from someone in the bathroom of the plane. So it's like... Oh, my Things God. on planes happen, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it, right? Because in the eyes of a predator, it's like you're, you couldn't be more vulnerable. You're in an airspace, and you know what? The unfortunate thing is if you would have taken off and beat his ass which i would have done I'm not saying you were wrong to sit there and you know but like you would have been in the wrong and then you'd be banned from flying well also you know? i was flying into bloody malaysia which is you know a predominantly muslim country and they, i'm pretty sure that wouldn't have gone very well for me because again the, the whole situation oh, yeah. was just a shit show uh and you know I, look the reason i'm embarrassed is because now if anybody ever came at me i probably would punch them in the face but at the time, little baby 20 year old Sydney was like, right. I don't know what I'm I don't know what's happening. And I, I, you know, I have really no explanation besides the fact that I think that everyone just freezes. You know, you just freeze and then you don't know what to do. And then the fact that it went on for so long, that's what I'm embarrassed about is I'm like, what was I doing? But retrospectively, I mean, I was 20 and I was potato. I didn't know what I was doing. And you know what? It's not even an age thing. And like, 
you shouldn't be embarrassed because I think that that is 100% the natural reaction when something happens to you is you do freeze and you have to mentally process because it's so jarring on like an animalistic yeah, level 100%. that you're like, okay, get to figure out silently to yourself. Okay. Is this really happening? Okay. It is really happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do I do in reaction to this happening? Should I react? What if I react and they hurt me even more? What if they have a weapon? Like there's so many things that can run through your head mm-hmm. or not run through your head because your brain's shutting down. Totally. So you, yeah, you, you, you almost sort of are it. I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like an out of body thing yes. where you know what's happening to you, but you're not computing that it's happening to you. It's hard to explain for anybody who's not been through it. And I think too, when it was starting, when the actions were starting, I was like, am I misunderstanding what's going on here? And that was sort of what was yeah. going on in my brain is like, oh, this person's doing this thing. Maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe I'm just being, you know, overzealous. And then no, it just I was so was not misreading it. <laughs> yeah. It, God, like I'm so not good. trying to do a recap of the fucking rape episode we did yes. on Jubilee, but I'm sorry. also like, no, don't be sorry. But I'm also like just, you know, remembering my own experience of like literally being raped and, you know, your brain really does shut down. And then even afterwards in the going months on, you have to process like, was it rape? Was it were you being actually inappropriately touched? Am mm-hmm. I crazy? Because mm-hmm. you're not used to actually being violated like that. That's not something that happens every day to people. I nope. mean, it literally does. But I mean, like on a consistent basis. I guess some people even have it on a consistent basis, but everyone knows what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so before we both start crying again, <laughs> let's, let's uh, segue. So you said that that was the last time you saw your family in Australia mm-hmm. was before that shoot. Yeah. And I remember when I met you, you had said you come from Australia and everything was on fire at that point. <laughs> yeah. So it's it like, was, nothing's it was gone well since then. <laughs> yeah. Since then, not only has the country, I mean, the country was on fire and then it was not on fire and then it went insane. And where I'm from went especially insane. I'm sure that everyone's been following the Australian news. Um, And now we're in a position where they've just voted in a leftist government with a very odd leader at the helm. So I'm not super certain what's going to happen from here. It's all very disconcerting. How do you... Okay. There's so much to unpack with the Australia thing because the videos that are available to see online of everything that's happened during the lockdowns and COVID Mm -hmm. in Australia... I think it's hard for Americans to even comprehend. You have police officers like shoving people on the ground, trying to force like masks on them. Mm -hmm. You have like dogs being sicked on people. Like what is this like the civil rights era again, but like with COVID, like I don't get it. Yeah. Um, That can't feel even remotely okay to see like your home country like that. No, it's, it's the strangest phenomenon for me, especially because I've been in Texas for the past two years. So the majority of what I've experienced has been normal life. And even when there was the mask mandates and all this sort of nonsense, I mean, I never really participated in any of that. And so life for me has been totally normal. Whereas when I talk to my family, they're like, oh yeah, we can't go within five kilometers or three miles or whatever of the house. We have to, you know, have a special exemption to go through this checkpoint. And I'm going, what what is this like berlin like what like what is yeah, happening what, right now the fact that that even comes out of anyone's mouth and then they're not immediately like wait the world's gone fucking crazy makes mm-hmm. me feel like i'm crazy yeah 100 percent. my friend ben who is the nicest human being in the world ladies he's single he is looking to mingle uh he's very what's cute his instagram and handle uh, i would have to find him it's it's weird. he's a he's a bodybuilder he's very handsome oh i highly recommend you know i'm gonna he's gonna kill me um, but Benjamin is a very good boy and he, <laughs> he's going to love this coach Ben CFB with two underscores in it. I don't know if you can find uh, Ben Templeton 
you you got a cute Australian boy who's very single who could use a nice lady in his but life. Can he leave the country? He uh, possibly could if any American wants to marry him. So um, he would love that. We should just figure that out. Okay, someone <laughs> anyway. marry her friend to get him the fuck out of Australia, <laughs> out of the prison state. He has a really cute dog. So Ben owns, just this is just how psycho my, my home state is. So Ben owns a gym. And Ben is a nice boy who was like, I'm not going to force people to participate in vaccinations if they don't want to. You don't have to be vaccinated to come to my gym, which at the time was a big no-no and everybody wanted to participate in masks and, you know, forced vaccinations and things. And so the Department of Justice, beautifully named, came to his um, gym a, a bunch of times and ultimately he ended up with like, I think a $12,000 fine or $14,000 fine or something like that for staying open not forcing people to get vaccinated and then also him not being vaccinated or not wanting to get vaccinated as an individual. He has an exemption though. There's a good reason why he's not vaccinated. And now he's at a point I'm where he's like- I'm surprised they even allow any right, exemptions. Right, well they really don't. And so his he's in a position now where he's like, well I either pay this fine or I get vaxxed. Those are his options. And no one can do anything and nobody cares. And I'm like, it just makes me sad for him because he's such a good dude and he's just trying to live his bloody life and no one will let him. Isn't it so crazy how gyms for whatever reason were like, the forefront of fighting back on this shit like yep. bradley martin do you know who that is mm -hmm. he has a gym he's in out new in... jersey isn't he no no, no. Is... you're thinking of ian ian, ian smith yes okay. ian smith who's also great okay um, so i don't know the first one then. yeah bradley martin is a really famous um fitness influencer in la and he had a gym in woodland hills uh -huh. and um i lived in la for the bulk of the lockdowns which was like looking back now that i am in texas mm -hmm. even though it's austin i can't imagine how i even survived that yep. like but anyways, um, because all the gyms were closed, I was going to Bradley's gym. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me the craziest stories about how like people would come in, um, like the state would come in um, and dress up as like in cop uniform, but they weren't really cops. They're just from the health department. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how is that not illegal? How can people from the health department put on cop uniforms, which is that's a crime, right? To impersonate a cop. You would think so. Right. I'm pretty sure that is actually a felony. Like, I'm pretty sure that you can get some fat time in prison for doing that. Right. I hope he's okay with me even telling that story. I don't even know if that's a that's secret. That's how I feel about just talking about Ben. I'm like, maybe Ben wouldn't be so thrilled with me talking about him being not vaccinated. <laughs> maybe that will get him, you know, lynched in Australia. Who's well, to say? Well, he has an exemption, right? He does. Well, yes, I believe he has an exemption for now. Yeah. Until such time as no other doctor will give him a new one. Oh, well, I hope he gets all the exemptions he needs. Um, But what's what's crazy is... I feel like, and tell me if you disagree, and this might just be the fucking American in me, because mm -hmm. um, you're Australian, obviously. Uh, I feel like the fact that we have guns here, and it can sound silly, it can sound childish, I don't believe it is. I believe the fact that we have guns here really kind of stifled the amount of like damage that the lockdowns could do here. So yeah. you said like people couldn't go within five kilometers of their house and shit. I remember like a video, did you see it on TikTok? It was like a girl from New Zealand, which is not Australia, but it's New Zealand. No, they're similar enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she was like in a hotel, but it was like a, a specifically created hotel for people. And she had like a wristband on it. She's like, when I get the blue one, I can leave the hotel room. I'm like, how is that a thing? It's foreign to me and as an American to even yeah. comprehend it. So it's psychotic. I mean the fact of the matter is, and at this point, I feel like I've, I feel like trying to explain this to Americans sometimes can be challenging because the mentality right. of people in the Commonwealth is very different to the mentality of people in the United States. Canada doesn't really, Canada is Commonwealth, so it, it's similar, you know, this sort of ideology of like, oh, the government will protect me. Americans have a hard time understanding that because historically the government has not protected you. And in fact, if right. anything, the government has targeted you. Mm -hmm. And so you're right in the sense that Australia doesn't, have a relationship to guns that America does. And that's also something that people don't often understand is that 
the, the, the general mentality is just totally different. I mean, your yeah. average Australian has never seen, held, or fired a firearm. That's Whereas so Americans, crazy. I know, right? It's, it's nuts to me because, I mean, there's like 50 of them in my house. I think the first time I held a gun, I was like... Was that your... The, the, maybe, maybe like 10? Was that... Just, didn't someone take you to do that? To like fire a gun with you? That was Ariel. Okay, yes. Yeah, she did like a first time doing a gun. But like I've been around guns my whole life and... Yeah. Um, like my grandfather was like a hunter. I don't like hunting personally. Like I, I feel so bad when you I kill never things. Hunt. Yeah. I, I could never do it. Like I have mm. this vivid memory, which is very scarring of like my grandpa shooting like um, a bird out of the sky or something. Mm -hmm. And it fell and it was on the ground and we went over to it and it was like twitching and still alive. <laughs> and then he stepped on its head no! and he's like, yeah, circle of life. I'm like, what? I'm like seven. I'm like crying. I'm like, why did you have to do that? It was just flying back to its nest. And he's like, I don't think they feel pain like we do. I'm like, you're a liar. Uh, I, I have such a good story that can relate to this as well about a bird that I hit with my car and then my, my dad <gasps> did something with a gun. But I can't because guns, you can't use them for certain reasons in Australia. So I will omit that. But that's so crazy to Tell me. Tell you affair. It's, okay. it's, it's, oh my God, my dad is such a redneck. It's so crazy. Oh, I love that. Some of the shit he does, I'm like, dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He belongs, seriously, he belongs in like Texas. Down like East Texas, somewhere in like a ranch. That's where my dad belongs. Why don't they like escape here? I, I know it's I home, want them but... to. I know. Well, my mom's a citizen. My brother's a citizen. Get this though. This is how jacked. This is how jacked everything is. My family, my brother and my mom, need to go to the embassy, the American embassy in Australia, the only one that's really operating right now, which is in Melbourne, which thankfully is where they live, to get their passport renewed. They have to do it in person. Okay. And so I keep saying to them, check the website, check the website, check the website. The embassy has been open like 12 days out of the month, every month. And they can't get their passports renewed to get on a bloody airplane to come to the United States to come back to like even visit me. And I'm like, how is this possible that Americans are stuck in a bloody foreign country that they might even live in? But how, how is it that they're stuck and can't get appointments to do things? How is that? People don't understand that like the COVID shit really has really crazy like what may seem like minor mm -hmm. inconveniences or things just like that. Like even me, like I recently, believe it or not, I've never left the country. That's how American I am. I've literally You've never, never left America. You've never been outside of the United States? Not even Mexico, not even Canada. Damn, kid. And obviously I've been like invited to a lot of stuff in Canada and a few times in Australia, um, but I just never have. Um, but I applied for a passport recently because Michael and I want to go somewhere. And um, just the whole process for that is insane. It's like, yep. I've heard that people are waiting like six months for a passport now because of COVID. I'm like, what does that mean? I just don't know how that's possible though. That's like grounding people in their own countries. Yeah. So you are here. Mm -hmm. It was like, I thought it was a great show. It's one of the few shows I actually watched in the right wing space because I don't watch a lot of the shows, mm -hmm. um, at least not from start to finish, which I did all the time with you are here. I got to tell you. Really? Yeah. Damn, that's so surprising. I don't watch anything because I don't I don't like anyone. But I like you. Well, so I was like, you know. I like you too, Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, though, it was a brutal show to do, like, as a guest. Mm -hmm. Like, there was something about the audience that was uniquely intense. Like, I remember the first time I went to go do it and we were in the hallway before we went on and you were like, just so you know, the chat's really intense. I'm like, that's fine. I've been doing this internet shit for a long time. And you're like, no, no it's like um, it's really bad. unique. Uniquely intense. It was uniquely intense because it's not just that they would be brutal towards the guests, which should happen. And there was a whole Jack Murphy thing. We got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but there was also like, they would like drag you and Elijah. I'm like, they're even dragging. Why are they here then? <laughs> well, that's the thing is I think that online live chats are especially psycho. 
I feel yeah. like there was a very loud portion of that chat that just hated me, which, you know, as, so be it. But I you're mean, so likable. <laughs> I'm not I'm trying to even joke about it. You, you really are. I mean, I, I, I like to, I appreciate you saying that because I like to think that I'm not as big of a dickhead as perhaps some other people are, but. Uh, you're the nicest person in the space, in my opinion. I, people are crazy in this space you know that they're yeah. completely psychotic it's insane and i mean the other thing too is i've noticed a lot i, I, you know, I was thinking about this because i was like i wonder what we're going to talk on on this podcast and i was thinking to myself this is such an odd time to have me on as a guest for anything because i'm in such a weird spot politically i, I really feel very politically homeless at the moment because since the you are here stuff and you know granted i can't really talk about it in any great detail which is a little frustrating um because i know people want answers and yeah. i know that there's a lot of people who have a lot of suspicions i will say something that's something that's so crazy about audiences though is how so many people have guessed down to the finer points of why i left the show it's nuts i'm like you guys are so observant people what? yeah like a lot of times people will just like be completely wrong with every once in a while with stuff like that it's They're like, like on wait the money. how did you know that yeah i'm like is this just from observing like but I, I also think it's people who've been watching me for a long time who yeah. have a general feel and sense of like how i am and how i operate and i'm just like you guys are crazy but then there's other like really gross rumors like that you know um inappropriate relationships went on between elijah and me or or you know someone was being icky and said that brandon my producer and i had an inappropriate relationship i love brandon he's one of my favorite people in the world that was the ginger who wore the lesbian shirt all the time right <laughs> he was cool our little hamster boy he was nice. um, but i was like i told him that and he pissed himself laughing he was like really that's what people are saying and i'm like well apparently i would have um, never guessed that which, it's just like the stupidest shit ever like, yeah like could not be further from anything that could possibly have happened. And Elijah's like the, not somebody I would ever, ever in my life go for ever. It's just, can we not? So yeah, no, that it was, it was uniquely brutal. The audience hated me in a uniquely brutal way. Uh, but I, I also just think that there's a portion um, of that audience that hates women and they'll just pick on you just by virtue of the fact that you have a vagina, which I find really corrosive. There was a lot of woman shit going on with you. And then when I was the guest, there was a whole lot of other shit going on. Um, that's the other thing as well is that I always think to myself, if we bring on a guest, right, it's to hear that guest's unique perspective. You have an exceedingly unique perspective. Yeah, there's only really one of me. There's one of you. I, even like when we had Buck on, I loved the episode with Buck that we had because Buck is Buck. such a warm, loving, kind human yeah. being. Um, I actually loved as well, you know, even the episode that we had with Ariel and she was, we put her on with a, like a men's rights person. Oh, I remember and, that. And they were good. Like, I love that. Like even the tension between the two of them because they obviously they've been around for a long time in the space. And so they, they knew how to interact. Mm -hmm. That was cool. But it's like when you have audiences that just hate you by virtue of the fact that you happen to be, you know, someone that that maybe is a little bit different to them. I'm just like, come but on. How can man. you win? Well, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the point in listening to different viewpoints if you're not even willing to hear them because of who's speaking them, you know? Right. Um, but I, I think that overall, I don't think you should look back at the show as something negative because I think it was actually a great show. I think it was produced great. I think that, you know, its reputation preceded itself a little bit because like the intense like guest interactions like Jack mm -hmm. Murphy, Nick Fuentes, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, but I thought it was iconic. I, I appreciate that. I know a lot of people are so disappointed that it ended, but I am. I just, I, I mean, you know a little bit of what's, what the reasoning was behind it. Uh, but for me, you know, people can say that it's because I'm a silly female who couldn't handle the pressure or whatever. That actually has nothing to do with it. It just was not a sustainable environment for me to be in. Uh, and I 
feel like I can leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, you have every right to leave any environment you feel like isn't producing positive results mm -hmm. in your life. I firmly believe in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm at a point in my career where like before now, I've really done literally everything by myself. Yep. Um, in the sense of like, it's always just been, and you relate to this as a YouTuber, it's just a camera in my living room and me, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I'm editing, I'm doing everything. And now yeah. I have the show and I have like other things that I'm working on that entail like other people and their opinions. And yeah. it's hard working with other people. And maybe that's like a, a bit of a privileged bitch perspective because I never really had a real job, but like it's hard. But it, no, it is because I mean, in a collaborative sense, right? And you, you, you know this now, and now that you have a pod and everything and you have a producer and people who help you and whatnot, the collaborative element is so important because if you don't have that, then you're basically screaming into the wind. And when you have people that you work with who change things last minute, who want to do this last minute, who just don't give a crap about any of the work that you've put in, and then basically, you know, step forward, take all credit, things like that, disregard your producer and what have you, it's frustrating. And you get to a point where you're like, cool, so I'll just go fuck myself and, uh, and, and you can just do whatever you want anyway. And so I can't operate in this space unless, you know, if it's going to be collaborative, it really has to be 50-50 for me. Or if there's, you know, if I were to ever have a situation with another co-host, either it's 50-50 or somebody has to assume ultimate control. Because otherwise you're just like, why are you changing things last minute? Because, Why are you doing that? Because then also it feels almost like a vanity title. Like, am yeah. I really a co-host or... Am I know, just sitting in the chair next to you, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, anything in your life that's not working for you, then just just set it down, you yeah. know? It doesn't have to be beef. It doesn't have to be hatred. It can just be like, thought that was going to work. It didn't, but it's okay, yeah. you know? Um, one of the things that I saw you get pushed back on for, other than the woman thing, is the atheist thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, can of worms <laughs> or a can of something. Um, there's this. I will. I will settle this score. There is this prevailing attitude that I quit the show because I got sick of all the Christian stuff. That's not why I quit the show, <laughs> and I just want to put that out there because everyone seems. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people seem to think that's why. And you know why I believe you completely. Not that I would not believe you, but mm. because. Being in the right wing space in general, you encounter a lot of Christian stuff. So it's like you have a right wing audience. It's it's not just you are here, even though that yeah. was an intense show. That's probably giving you feedback about your religious views. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing as well, and I'll say that I'll say this: I never wanted to be outed as an atheist. It, it's just doesn't. It's not important to me. I right. don't. I don't care. I don't walk around being like, oh yes, atheism. Oh, tear down the Christian stuff. I, I'm yeah. not like that. I don't care. I confess that I used to be a lot more hostile towards religion when I was a lot younger. And I've, you know, really tried very hard to understand other people's viewpoints and what have you. Um, but, you know, I don't give a crap. And that's why I never talked about it for what the four, three years before You Are Here started that I was doing commentary because I was like, this is one of the least important things about my yeah. identity identity whatever this even sounds lame to talk about it like that yeah um and so on the show the constant like badgering of oh we can't listen to her opinion because she's an atheist it got very tiresome because i thought to myself well if you didn't know that i was an atheist you wouldn't give a you wouldn't say these things and you right. would probably take on board what i have to say now it also meant that a lot of people are like oh she's very liberal because she's an atheist but it means like no i'm just those not two things are not I don't think they're hand related. in hand. No. I mean, they are just by virtue of like, I'm sure, in fact, I know statistically, there's going to be a lot more a religious people on the left. But yep. I mean, you're talking to someone who's trans and on the right. So, <laughs> you know, people are nuanced. And, you know, the atheism thing for me, I've never really called myself an atheist, but I've also just like genuinely never really cared that much. But that's also something like people come at me like, what do you mean you don't care? And I'm like, I genuinely mean 
that like my life has never been super concerned with like is god real or is not god yeah not like real? where do i go after i die it's it's sort of like a yeah I, it's an interesting one too because i always say that i'm kind of nihilistic in a lot of ways and i've actually had friends be like well how can you be nihilistic? That means that life has no meaning. And if life has no meaning, then why do you care? And I'm like, that's why I care. Because it means that this life that I have, it's my one shot. And everything I get to do, I get to determine how much meaning it has. Mm -hmm. And my life is pretty cool, man. Like, yeah. I, I love what I do. I, I think it's like, I just think it's it's fun. Like being alive is awesome. Yeah. And I don't know how people think that just because you happen to not believe in God, that sort of circumvents the whole, you know, I love my life. I want to be alive type of thing. You know what I think it is? Like, I literally, and I've thought about this since I was a kid, because even though I didn't care for myself to know if God was real, I was around a lot of religious people growing up. I was in a very small, conservative town. And so I've always been someone, even as a child, who was very, like, analytical of people. And mm -hmm. I would just be like, why are they behaving that way? Why do they want that, think that, do that? Mm -hmm. And I would look at all the religious people around me, and I kind of came to the conclusion, even as a kid, they were kind of born that way. Yeah. Like, I think um, you're either kind of born with, like, the propensity to, like, be a religious person and mm -hmm. follow that and believe in that or you're kind of not not yet because there have been times in my life where i've maybe wanted to believe in god because i see sometimes the peace that some people that are religious have people in my family as well and it gives them meaning it's um provides community and i'm like mm -hmm. you know what if i could believe in that that'd be cool but i think i'm actually almost neurologically incapable but but there but <laughs> that's, I get that's what you're a, saying. No, I get it. I almost it, sound like I just like came out as like retarded or something. Like I'm neurologically incapable. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. almost like there's sort of a there's sort of a, a it's not even just that you don't necessarily care because you oftentimes it's just a you're like I'm just indifferent. I just I'm not really that concerned about it. I'll but, find out someday. Yeah, I right. Guess, or well, not. That's a big gamble. Up, you know. Yeah. I was I always joke that like if if what if the reason I'm not going to heaven is because I don't believe in something, but I live a very good life and, you know, try to be a decent human being. And I know that according to the Bible, at least this is my comprehension of it, is that it's not about your deeds or acts or anything. It's about your, you know, trust and belief in God and Jesus and all that fun stuff. I always think to myself, though, if it is about acts and it is about being a decent person, then why is it that a lot of the religious people that I know are the biggest SOBs on the planet? And I don't say this to tar all Christians with that brush. I know fantastic wonderful awesome christians yeah but i don't think they're awesome because they're christian i just think they're good people right and so it's the christianity thing is sort of just like you know it is what it is it's just they just happen to be christian and maybe it's that the buttheads also happen to be christian right but they're still buttheads yeah you're still mean right and you're still a butt to people <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the christianity or the religious aspect of their personality at all can either be a positive or a negative sure. and, and also there are people that you know like to hide behind certain things. You look at people who are super woke and super liberal. You meet them and you learn about them and you see their behavior and you're like, y'all are the most racist, homophobic, transphobic, yes. ableist, everything people out there. Mm -hmm. But because you mask it behind like never showing that face publicly, you know, it's with any ideology or any sort of group, you can use yeah. that as a shield for behavior that doesn't match up what you purport to believe in. So that's everyone, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I had to learn and as I grew older I was like oh wait all these people that are super leftist are actually the bad guy you learn who the bad guys are it's like wait so they get away with it because they're tarnishing tarnishing all these people as bad people and it's like the opposite yeah someone actually I think that you'll find this to be true as well with what you're saying about the libs I, come on libs come on libs someone said this to me the other day and I was like oh my god <laughs> yes um so oftentimes the criticisms that say like hardcore leftists levy at other people 
oftentimes those criticisms are true of themselves. Yeah. So a lot of the time what I'm finding sort of reflecting on all of this, and this is where my political homelessness kind of comes into it, because after a lot of my experiences of late, it's caused me to reflect a lot. And some of the criticisms that have been levied at me by some of these groups of people, I'm like, hmm, if we really think about it, we can successfully apply those criticisms actually to you, to the individual who's making those claims. And I think that's really interesting. And for me, it's been kind of challenging because I used to be like, oh, I'm very conservative. And then a bunch of things have happened. And now I'm sort of realizing that some of my views weren't 100% correct. And now I'm in this like weird spot where coming off the back of you are here and some of those experiences in the last six months, I'm like. <sighs> well, that's the thing. And this is something I think about all the time. I know exactly what you're talking about because there's a difference between like a political group of people and the ideology behind it. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't go to a lot of these right-wing events. I don't go to CPAC. I don't go to, what's the other one? AmpFest? Um, yeah, AmpFest. What were the turning point ones? Yeah, all of those, <laughs> you know. And and it's people like, ask me, like, every time there is one, people are like, am I going to see you there? No, girl, you're never going to see me there. Not because I, I hate those people, not because of anything. And I agree with them on a lot of things, if mm -hmm. not most things. However, once you meet people in real life, things change. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. my God. The hypocrisy of a lot of these people is very frustrating. And that's that's the other thing as well, is that it's all well and good, right? To to go out and to say, hey, I believe this, and I think this, and, and, and here's you know the basis by which I've made these determinations, whatever. That's fine. It's quite another thing though, to be saying these things publicly and then behind the scenes- The opposite. Cheating, you know, being a massive drug user or, or an alcohol abuser. And you know, I get it, people struggle with things. I totally understand that. But if you're going to be shitting on other people for doing those very things and then clean you, your house first, hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, make your bed, right? Like be, be the sort of person that you want to be before making those claims and telling other people how to live. And that's something that I've had to sort of contend with recently is I'm very boring. You know, this <laughs> I'm like the most boring person in the world. I have dogs. I have, you know, a cute human in my life and, and I have a cute little house and I, do the YouTube and then I sleep. Like that's my life. It's very boring. But that's so good. Like it, that's it's what wholesome. life is supposed to be. It's nice. I I did a lot of gardening the the other weekend. I garden a lot. I I you know I'm a boring. That's a little boring. But the rest of it was cute. I'm so freaking boring. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm just like a normal. Oh, you don't even drink. Well, I I have like a, a drink every now and then. But oh okay. Lady alcohol murders my insides and it just doesn't agree with me. It's like fair. Enough. Do you want to feel like crap? Yes. And that's booze for me. It's not fun. But I look at some of these other people that I'm like, yeah. you know, you purport to be one thing and then you're actually something completely different. And it shits me. It really shits me. Because yeah. I think you're you're misleading other people who are listening to you. That's why, like, so one of the main criticisms I get just in with my existence is like, how are you friends with all these right wing people who secretly hate you? It's like, do people know I don't have friends? Like, I don't think anyone is my friend just because they are also right wing or because right. I get a retweet from them or because mm -hmm. I've been on their show or any of that. You know, yeah. I have like four friends. Like, I have four people That's in my life. That's a safe amount, though. Yeah. Like, I don't want more than that. One and of them's Joey. And then there's three others. Three, yeah. Four, including Joey? I don't know. Yeah. And then I have a circle that, like, you know, I consider, like, you're a friend. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, But, like just in the business that we're in, in the industry, it's like people really are off-putting and the debauchery that happens, it's like, oh. So this is kind of like when you read about how like, you know, so many people in Muslim countries are actually getting it on with other men because 
they're so deprived of like yep. their actual desires so that it goes over the top. Mm-hmm. So you meet these people who are, you know, on Twitter, they're very much trad con and they'll have the like, you know, the cross emoji, the American flag emoji. They'll mm-hmm. be tweeting about like all kinds of crazy shit. And then you meet them in real life or you're in a social setting with them. And it's like, oh, so you just got back from a gangbang with your wife, possibly your boyfriend. Yep. And you're currently on coke. Mm hmm. Yep. And this has been the whole week for you, yep. not just today. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't like meeting people. <laughs> no, because again, you never know who you're dealing with as well. That's yeah. the other thing too, is that you get this to your face and then you never know who behind the scenes is like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just been shady. It's been very, it's been very weird for me. Um, and I have to admit, you know, again, yeah, coming off the back of a lot of this stuff, I'm just like, God, if these are the people who are leading the cons- the conservative movement, we are screwed. We are so screwed. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if I want to ask for details on that. <laughs> so I'm not, I probably won't go into Maybe details. an off camera thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. The, the, I, yeah. And the other thing is like, it gets very gossipy. Listen, oh yeah. I, I love a, I love a good bit of like, ooh. I talk so much shit. I, I, everyone in our industry needs to know I have talked shit about everyone. <laughs> There's a lot of shit to talk, but yep, that's, that's the is. problem. It's just like, yeah, again, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, clean your house to make your bed before you uh before you go out into the world and, and act a certain way because it's just i just feel like some of these people are going to get exposed and it's going to be earth shattering when it happens oh my god you're giving me like shivers ah it's, it's sort of like you know what you did with the whole jeffrey um i nearly just said jeffrey epstein but you didn't you didn't do anything to jeffrey epstein god, what was his name jeffrey star boom yes oh i remember yeah. watching that like blair because um i used to watch jeffrey star's videos because i i remember jeffrey from back in the bloody day on the, oh yeah, on the he's MySpace. like. I was actually having this conversation uh, with Joey on the car right here. I was talking about how, like, you know, in terms of influencers, there really was like a first wave, a second wave, a third wave, and now I think the fourth wave is the TikTok people. Ugh. I think you and I were third wave. We were third wave. Yeah. Like first wave is like Jeffrey Star, Tila Tequila. God, Remember her? Tila Tequila is like she's a Nazi the... now. Oh yeah, you know she's that? like off the planet. She's crazy now. People yeah. should Google Tila Tequila. Just look at a picture and then look at the videos. She, she like lost her mind. Yep. She she her face looks like an egg. She she definitely um she definitely started embracing some odd odd things. The old te- Tequila Tequila. She uh doesn't she have kids now? And she was yeah saying some things about how, how Hitler is not not such a bad guy and just weird stuff. Come on, out of context clip. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, she now. lost it. But that was first wave. It was like Jeffrey Star Tequila Tequila Forbidden MySpace people. Mm-hmm. Which another reason I knew I was gonna like you was we both were emo kids. <laughs> In fact, I might have Googled Sydney Watson emo in preparation for this interview just to be reminded that you were that. It was such a rough time in my life. I'm so glad Everyone. looking back that my mom, I wanted, um, I wanted snake bites. Everyone so did. Ba- oh my God. You I had looked... the Kiki cannibal stripes though. I did. And they were, you did? they were, they were not good. I had <laughs> so many of them, Blair, you don't understand. And my mom, my beautiful, wonderful mom dragged her feet on taking me to the hairdresser because I was like 14 and she was like, lady, no. Oh you, got, oh, you actually got it like bleached. Oh, hell yeah. They weren't clip-ins. You could have just got clip-ins. Well I, do, well, I lived in bloody Australia in the middle of nowhere. Oh, Are you kidding oh, me? Like, oh, you're I, so right. Yeah. I don't even think that we had access to that shit. I was not even a good emo kid. This is the problem. There was a girl uh, in my neighborhood, well, not in my neighborhood, but like sort of in the adjacent neighborhood who was like a scene queen and had so many friends on my space and she used to take me? great pictures and she was like good at being an emo kid and now she's like a model <laughs> and she's she's very beautiful and all that good stuff. But oh, that's cool. She looked like... <laughs> 
I just, I don't want to name her because she might kill me, but she was so good at it. And I look at my pictures and I was like, oh, I'm like the wish version. <laughs> I'm still the wish version. It's so oh my bad. God. I'm not good at it. I I, wait, you were, I didn't know you were an emo kid. Do you have pictures I want to see? I think if you Google, oh God, you're going to pee yourself. <laughs> if I think if you just Google Blair White before, because everyone loves that before and after because I'm trans, I think there's like all these emo pictures. Did you dye your hair as well? Every color. Oh, I believe it. Hi. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe I'll put it up so the At least your hair looked better than mine did. Mine was just like badly Hi. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. For people who um, are just listening, I just showed her uh, <laughs> some very treacherous ass fucking pictures of me. I tried to recreate it recently, actually. Did you? Um, I did because I wanted to do a video reacting to them. Oh, that's so funny. And because uh, I promised my followers that I would do that at 500,000 subscribers and now we're way past that. And so sorry about it. Um, Where are you at now? You're like at what, like 800, 900? Seven, just just over 700. Christ, where's this bloody picture? Here we go. I think I make a, I think I make a cute little scene, kid, these days. You looked great. <laughs> oh, wait, this is now. This is now. Oh, that's why you looked great. <laughs> yeah, I look, I look a lot better. But the ones from the early days were just revolting. Actually, I sent these pictures to my mom and I said, what do you think? And she's like, this gives me flashbacks and PTSD. Oh my God. I did. I just, it's. But isn't it crazy that like those kids now, they have it now, but now they're just like chopping off their tits. <laughs> okay. How horrible is that? It's, it's bad because. Makes you want to cry. It's so, it's so sad because what we did was we pined after the snake bites and the eyebrow rings and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. And these kids, rather than having, you know, parents who go, this is in fact a phase and you will probably grow out of it. Like you said, they are rightly embracing, well, rightly you said, wrongly, they are embracing yeah. the, this whole crazy, you know, gender ideology. And it's like, eh, can we just have the, the next so phase of, of seeing kids, please? Right. And can they do something cool? Like, I don't know, like be really into like building bridges or like <laughs> picking up rubbish on the road. Yeah. Like, clean up. <laughs> Just dirty around here. It's oh my god! I'm glad that you brought that up because honestly, comparative to Australia, I'm like, why is there oh, rubbish? Is it dirty? No, Australia's very clean because people. No, I mean here it's dirty compared. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People just leave rubbish everywhere. I just I'm like, it's not challenging to put it in the bin. That's crazy. Well, you know what? Coming from California, this feels like paradise to me because California Does is it? disgusting. How disgusting. are you? I'm actually curious. How are you liking living in Austin? I love it so much. Yeah. I hated it at first. Why? Um. I think I said it when I was on You Are Here one of the times I could just moved here. Mm -hmm. um, I It was like a culture shock a little bit. Yeah. Um, but what I'm realizing is like those things that were a culture shock that were a bit like jarring to me. It's like, oh, no, actually, this is how normal people Like exist. people being nice to you? People being kind. Yeah. People wanting to talk to you. I was like on guard from people talking to me, yeah. which is crazy because I talk for a living. Yeah. But there's something about like just someone coming up. It's like. What do you want from me right now? Why is this, are you being nice? Right. Is this like a long con and you're going to like rape me or something? What is this? But people are just nice. And um, there's a slower pace here as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I learned, you know what? I'm getting old. So like I should probably slow down. I shouldn't be in West Hollywood in the club getting drunk anyway. I should be here. I just wonder though what that environment does to a person. It destroys your soul. Yeah, I think so. Because even... I just feel like the kind of person that that attracts can't be someone that is super healthy in here. You know what I mean? No. Like to live in that long term. It's it's so destructive. I mean, you lived in D.C. for a while. Oh, yeah. That's soul crushing. That's horrible. California and, doesn't have anything on D.C. Oh, my God. People in D.C. 
are really, whenever I go back, I, and this is so hippie of me to say, but I'm like, the energy here is dark and horrible and negative. But that's real. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's icky. And the people that live in DC who like living in DC, I have questions about why they yeah, like why? it. Yeah, mm -hmm. why? Why is this fun for you? When I moved to Texas, I was like, this is lovely. And this is cool and everyone's nice, same thing. Like everyone talks to you and they, and they wave. Like I, in my neighborhood, it's so cute. You're, dri you're driving past and you're not even looking at the person that you're driving like next to that's on the side of the road and they go. And I'm that's like, adorable. Oh, yeah, in my neighborhood, I just realized they all wave at me they when I'm driving. Yep. And I, I know they think I'm crazy. Cause I'm like pulling up in like a pink car, and they're all very conservative and old. I live in an old people neighborhood. Good. It's like when people think of Those Austin, are the nice ones. yeah, people are like, "How do you live in Austin?" And they're like, "It's like dirty and there's like violence, whatever." And I'm like, "I live in the boonies, mm -hmm. on a mountain, Good. behind a mountain, yeah. and everyone there is like 80." Good. Yeah. It's, so that's it's how I do it. similar with for me. Like I live in a really cute little neighborhood with little children, and I oh, love. Good. It's so American in the sense that kids will play on the street and with their little basketball hoops and things, oh and gosh. I'm like. That's adorable. Oh, it's like the 80s. But isn't that crazy? Because like coming from LA, it's like I realized like I never saw kids. No. It was like a genuine demographic that didn't exist in Hollywood because no one has kids there. Everyone, when they have kids, then they leave Hollywood when they right. want to get pregnant. Right. So it's like crazy. Because they know that it's a soul crushing environment. And again, energy is like super negative in California. Well, not, not all of California, obviously, but there's like a portion of it that just is so horrible to be in. In LA, for sure. It's gross. What made you come to America? Was it to do everything you're doing now, the career you have? Oh, yeah, so, so, cool. so Australia is just, I love Australia, but it is a bit of a prison in the sense that trying to get ahead is really hard. And there's a thing that we have that people call um, tall poppy syndrome. And it's basically that, you know how Americans root for the underdog quite a lot? And they're very yeah. excited when you get ahead. And they're That's like, a thing here. Yeah, and I love that about Americans. They're like some of the warmest, nicest people. Back home, don't get me wrong, Aussies are great and Aussies are funny and they're very, you know, cheerful people. But if you get too big for your boots or they perceive that you're getting too far ahead, they want to cut you down. And that's something that always really bothered me because I thought, well, you know. It's horrible. Yeah, you if, if you're trying really hard to do something and you believe in it, you want people to support you, not kick you in the face. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, getting ahead and, and doing what I want to do and promoting the ideas that I have, it's much more accessible here in the U.S. rather than Australia. Because Aussies are like, why are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, okay. My whole family watching my YouTube. Yeah, um, <laughs> literally. I only imagine what like my grandma watches or thinks when she watches me like, well, how is this the child that came out of my child? But anyway, so but you know, that's so crazy, though, because when I think of like Australian politics or at least the caricature of it from before 2020, yeah. um, I would have never thought that it was so lived out there. I mean, I knew socially it was. Yeah. But the whole like, actually, we're going to let the government do literally anything to us and then we're actually going to thank them for it thing. Yeah. That was a new thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a new thing for me, too, watching it. I mean. I kind of saw the writing on the wall when I left because I left in mid uh, 2019. God, that feels like so long ago. If, it feels like another century. And in fact, Ugh. when we talked about filming the Jubilee thing, yeah. that feels like an entire lifetime ago. But you know what? Good for you because you've really came up since then. Mm. Um, I remember meeting and then Googling you and obviously you were still popping and, and doing your thing. But like to see where you are now compared to that is like yeah. very impressive. So good for you. Well, I've, I've got to say, well, thank you. But I have to say, I think it's because um, people have given me a lot of opportunities and they've been very like kind yeah. and warm and, and nice to me. And that's why I mean like 
I think I kind of like the fact that my audience is coming along for this like weird ride that I'm on where I started off in the men's rights space talking about the issues that a lot of dads, you know, go through with um, custody disputes and divorce and all that sort of stuff, which I still really super care about. Um, Because I think it's one of the under-talked about parts of society. But now, because of all this psycho-trans crap, I find myself always talking about... Now it's the women. Exactly. And it's so strange to go from being like, okay, men's rights, men's issues, you know, fatherlessness, like let's combat... You know some of the the really shitty things that happen to, yeah. to men. To okay, um, now why, it's like all those why, men put on wigs and they're in the bathroom yes, with little girls. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? And, yeah. and even and I love the fact that my audience though has come along for this ride with me, and they're along there like, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> and I love my audience; they're the coolest people. I know, and you know what's so great? Because it's funny because we have had like a similar trajectory. I actually started the men's rights thing as well. People yeah. don't know that, but like there was a certain point on YouTube where like the the center of like the discourse was men's rights versus feminism Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of like no one talks about that especially because now the feminists it's like where's your argument because now you can't even be at the stand and give a halfway cohesive answer of what a woman is 100 so how can you even support women's rights if you don't know what women are it's so strange because even i was uh, then the video that i'm working on now that i hopefully will have done uh well by the time that this airs it'll probably be out but anyway i've been researching go watch. um <laughs> yeah, go watch the episode if it's out i don't know if it will be anyway um i've been um looking into uh, men or biological men in women's prisons so these trans women because oh, a lot God. of them are yeah i need to because no one talks about it and it's so pervasive but it's so horrific what's happening to these female inmates and what's so funny is that um one of the girls who i've been working with on this she has a feminist magazine called redux um which they publish a lot of work some of it i don't agree with but i like her a lot as a person and i think she does great work and a lot of the stories that they cover are just not picked up by anybody but they go to the effort of going to these prisons and speaking to these female inmates and trying so hard to understand what's been going on and even i was like i was reading one of their articles where um a woman was talking about how a trans woman and i say this because i don't think they're actually trans i think that they're wearing that umbrella to get into the women's prison if you're wait if you're i said waiting (laughs) way to make it sound like it's not that serious if you're raping women in a prison oh yeah you a whole man yeah period well well, yeah i mean this one story was talking about how a six foot seven person was transferred to a women's prison and then proceeded to bully one of the women into doing everything for that person. And Michelle um, oh Norsworthy, who or Norsworthy, I don't know how to pronounce um, their last name, who is a trans woman who basically pioneered having transgender surgeries while in prison, because um, it's, it's a whole story. People can Google it if they're interested. Even said in an interview recently, I messed up. I opened this door. I shouldn't have opened it. Oh, shit. I, women deserve an apology for what's happening to them. And it's like, yeah, you, you're right, friend. You are very right. Women deserve an apology for the crap that's going on in these prisons. I mean, if you're getting pregnant in a prison because someone stops taking their, their hormones. Right. And it seems to me like it still wouldn't be a perfect system, but like at least divide it by penises and vaginas. And, and but then obviously there's an issue with like, you know, if trans women are in men's prisons, they're the ones that are going to be getting raped. And all, of course, I mean, they rape other men. Of course, they're trans women. Yeah. Um, but like then, OK, then we need LGBT wards. If we're going to make spend all this money on all this shit, then spend money on an LGBT ward and just put them there. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Especially it's, especially if you've got apparently so many of them, because since California and sorry to, if this is boring, but no. since California passed that um, 
SB 132, or I think it's 132, 123 or 132, and basically the self-ID law that says that you can be placed with the sex with which you identify. Since that's happened, <clears throat> there's been uh, 300 transfer requests. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. You could fill a bloody ward that's with that many people. That's a lot. And what's so scary, and people get really mad when you talk about this, 30% of those people are sex offenders. They're in there for sex offenses. And people are like, oh, no, that means that you're saying that trans people are sex offenders. And it's like, no. It's like, well, you can just look at the numbers and, like, sometimes it just kind of is what it is. Exactly. And you it's know like, what I mean? So are we supposed to overlook statistics relating to this because we don't want to offend a, a, a tiny population of people? And you're right in the sense of, like, are you truly offending trans people anyways? Because they're not really trans. No, like, they're and, not. And, and the fact that people will, that's the hill they die on, like, oh, no, Jessica is a trans woman. I'm like, it's a fucking pedophile wouldn't it actually work out better for you if you just even if it was a little bit bullshit just said no she's not yep I, it, yep people are fucking insane this is how do the you ACLU take care is crazy yes mm. the, the aclu is a joke now. totally totally insane they pushed in washington after a private citizen tried to access data on um trans people in washington prisons they pushed so hard in the court system that they got all of trans all the trans people in the state's um information sealed Oh my god! So that you can't even look into it now. But that's so crazy, and as well, why would you even need to cover anything up? That's well, exactly. So if nothing messed up is happening, why they pushed in New Jersey at at one particular prison to have twenty seven trans women or self you know trans identified males put into this female prison, and this is where those two women got pregnant. This is where everyone's being attacked. Oh, it just makes me angry. It's fucking crazy, <clears throat> and. Sometimes when I think about shit like that, like especially because, and you can relate to this, mm -hmm. because we're content creators and we deal with very serious subject matters all the time. Psycho stuff. I've seen a lot of your videos. A lot of your videos cover some really psycho shit, same as mine. Um, how do you take care of your mental health when doing that? Because one of the things that I've really struggled with and why I've stopped doing a lot of predator videos, which were kind of what I was known for for a minute. People called me Chris oh, Transon yeah. Yeah, or yeah, Blair yeah. Transit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got to have Chris Hansen on here. Um, you really should. I really should. That would be He's so coming in right now. <laughs> He busts in and he's like, ah! It's like, we're already having a seat. Please don't tell us to have a seat. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. How do you take care of your mental health? Because dealing with these dark subject matters and mm -hmm. then also we're doing research for these videos. So you have to see even more than just the surface dark. You're going oh, into the dark bad. dark. And mm -hmm. then you're filtering out the stuff that's too dark to even talk about on yep. YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, How does it affect you? Um, That's a really good question. Some stuff really gets me down. Right. Like really, I just go, I don't know how to deal with this kind of level of depravity, especially kids. Oh, anything relating to the children messes me up. Like I get really distressed by it. Um, I will say, though, I think that a bit of a saving grace is that I do have the ability to step away emotionally from this stuff. Like, like I said before, empathy is something that I don't have a lot of naturally. Um, and it's it, that sounds really strange. It makes me sound like a psychopath, but I'm not. It's more it's of like real. a. It's yeah, like I, I feel bad for people because I'm like, that's messed up, but I'm not emotionally invested in right. it being messed up. Does that make sense? So I can look at a lot of subject matter and be like, this is objectively bad and it has to stop. And I know that because it is messed up. And if that was happening to me or someone I loved, I would be very disturbed and very distressed. I'm distressed reading it. But it doesn't However, mean you have to cry in the shower over someone else's suffering. 100%. I get it. And that's good. Yeah. So actually. I can step back and be like, okay. Bad, 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 must be talked about, must tell people, must alert people so they can make changes to avoid these things happening. But I personally don't sit in bed and weep about it. You know what I mean? 
But that's good because yeah. that is the exact right sort of trait that you have to have to even do the content you're doing, which yes. is so important. Is like if you were emotionally invested, you'd be a wreck. And you know what? There's been times because I probably do have a little more empathy than you mm -hmm. because I'm not a monster. <laughs> Just kidding. Because you're not a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're crazier than the tranny in the room. Congrats. <laughs> uh, but, no, but like there's been times where like I've been a wreck over it. So like I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to, like we talked about earlier, the like personal things being used against you. It's like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I have seen some people talk about like me being raped in a way that's kind of like, maybe don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, it that's is. That's why a, that Bosch thing was so, so obnoxious because I was like, what a big lame human. Why would you do that? And then again, apparently, sorry to bring this up again, no, but when good. he was talking about it again in another video, he was like mocking my fake crying. And I was like, uh, as someone who was bitch. right next to you, you were not being crying. <laughs> well, exactly. I was like, I don't cry as a general rule. You think I would like, I don't even know how to pretend cry. Like, I don't yeah. Know. Oh, you, you know what's so crazy? Should I drop this tea? Yeah, do the tea. Well, you can. You know. I knew a YouTuber. I won't say who. Okay. But I knew a YouTuber who would put eye drops in her eyes to cry for thumbnails and for videos. Ew. Yeah. It was crazy. Okay. That's a level of like psych. Yeah, but that's the... YouTubers, right? I talked about this as Ariel. It's like that's YouTubers a lot of the times, not all of them, but there is something like you have to be a little bit unwell to even want to do it because it's so crazy. Do you look at how much do you look at comments and like engagement from your audience and stuff? Well, I will say this is why I love my audience is because they not all of them are right wing. Actually, quite a large portion of them are on the left in mm -hmm. some capacity. I think the more like center left or maybe like classic liberals. And so I love reading their comments because I get a lot out of them. I made a video recently about uh, the sort of historical elements of health at every size. And I had a lot of fun making that video. Um, and I loved reading the comments of people being like, hey, I've lost a crap ton of weight. Here's how I did it. And right. I, I was like, wow, that's so inspiring. And then on other ones, um, I did one on trans away the gay, how <laughs> there's a whole movement that, again, people overlook this and they get really mad when you talk about it, of people, parents, teachers, et cetera, even individuals themselves, not wanting to be gay, so they want to be trans instead. Yeah, it's, it's real. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, anybody who's interested, look up Iran, what they're doing to uh, gay people in Iran. Um, but it's so interesting. I don't want you to lose your thought. But when they do it in Iran, we look at it as like barbaric, giving right. like sex changes to gay men because <laughs> being gay is such a bad thing. But when it's happening here, we're like, oh, that's so loving that's, and accepting. That's so, and mm, yeah, that's it's just, just sick. This. It's yeah. crazy. Yep. And so you have either parents who are like, wow, I don't want my child to be gay. I would rather have, and this is the ideology, I suppose, behind it, even if they don't know they're doing it. But I, I think the the prevailing thing is like, oh, you know, I would rather have a straight daughter than an effeminate gay son. Yeah. Which is just- Even if it's subconscious. Right, exactly. Even if they're doing it from a place that they think is loving, they're still transing away the gay. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's one article actually that came out from the NHS in the UK talking about how, and these are ex-clinicians from um, the Tavistock Center. And basically they were saying, it's like, a, it's a whole thing. Yep. We, we have to- tell people that yes, you're valid, yes, you're valid, valid, valid. But actually what we're doing is we're just making that there won't be any gay people left. And that's so crazy to me. I can't remember why I brought this up, the transing away the gay thing. I don't remember. Probably because you're sitting across from a tranny. I you lost know what I mean? train of thought. <laughs> no, but it, it really is crazy. And you know, again, when it happens in these Middle Eastern countries, because those countries, you can never criticize them. No. It's like, that's the thing that drives me crazy, even with your story, the first story you told. Like, the whole, like, what happens in certain cultures is okay, and it's, like, it's really not. And how it gets a pass in the West, too, is, like, what's so 
weird to me because on one hand we go, this is totally barbaric. You can't force gay people in Iran to, to you know, have gender reassignment surgery. But then for some reason when they're, you know, when certain individuals are assaulting women or, and doing it under the guise of, oh, you know, I, I subscribe to a particular ideology. The fact that that gets a pass is just like mind blowing. You to know me. what it is? I think there's a lag between like from like. I feel like you have had a lot of shit figured out about what's happening before like other people come around. Like right now, I think there is a pendulum of that kind of happening. Yeah. Like people are kind of coming back to common sense. And we're like, I I do. I really do think that soon the trans kid thing is going to be looked back at as one of the most barbaric like segments of like medical history Mm -hmm. in history. It's terrible. Um, But it just sucks kind of just when you're saying it before everyone thinks it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's been multiple things. Like I remember when I was talking about how pedophile were being accepted soon it was like okay now they have a flag they didn't have that when i first started talking about it now they have a term Mm -hmm. it's like it's frustrating to be at the forefront and then get all the hate and then it happens and you're like like, where's my money does mm -hmm. it owe me anything dead set like even the what is a woman thing that came out from matt walsh recently that was such a crazy movie Uh, it was uh, but it was so enjoyable to watch in the sense that i'm glad someone was bloody talking about it because and I, I was saying this to a friend of mine for years and years and years and years people like you me there's a bunch of us who've been talking about this shit and going, look, 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 this mm-hmm. is a problem. This is a bloody problem. And it's slowly gained momentum. And, you know, people like Leah Thomas have drawn more attention to some of these issues. And then, you know, Matt Walsh going on sort of the doc, doc, Dr. Phil with that episode and talking about, you know, what is a woman with the non-binary people? I don't know if you subscribe to the non-binary thing. I have questions. Um, I don't know what the fuck that is, really. <laughs> but I was like, wow. And this is really the first time that it sort of got, you know, widespread attention. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I mean, we've been erased for a hot second. And one of one of the videos on my channel that's gotten, um, you know, probably I think the most amount of views is the Erasure of Women video that I made talking about how people say, oh, it's not, it doesn't affect you. It's, you know, why do you care? Well, you're using language that directly impacts me and erases my existence as a biological female. And why does it have to directly affect you to matter anyways? When you talk about like harming children and stuff, you're not a child. No. Well, exactly. I mean, I was thinking about it too, actually driving down here. If, you know how, I love the term and I'm sorry, it's just, I don't know how we get onto these topics all the time. You know how everyone says like, oh, it's a girl penis. I'm like, well, if it's a girl penis (laughs) and having a penis means you can still be a female, then why would you need to transition? None, none of it makes why are you trying to make sense out of these fucking crazy people i don't know I, make it I make sense it's never Blair gonna White. make sense that's buy the merch now um okay we gotta wrap this up however this has been so fun um where do you want to be with your career like what's like the ultimate like do you want to be like have a talk show what's what's your goal i actually would love to make documentaries Oh, you'd be so great at that. I feel like that you would have be because that. that's like such a I'm so task orientated because, um, you know, I joke all the time with my friends and I'm a little autistic because um, I just, you know, I lack social skills and uh, love tasks. But um, no, so so I'm like very task orientated. And I think that that would be such a good use of my brain. Yes. Um, because that's kind of what I do now is these like video essays where I deep dive. Mm-hmm. But I could if I could do that with like an hour and a half, that would be really cool. And I hate to admit it, but I am very inspired by Matt Welsh's What is a Woman? Because I was like, damn, I could do something like that. That could be cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that can be done. Let me do that too then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like I yep. see you doing that. I see you like doing like undercover shit. I would love, I'm, like, I'm too recognizable now, I think, at least in some circles. But I could see you like pulling like a Tyra Banks show thing or like, she does these scenes where she's wearing a wig and like even like does like white face. She was black and she did white face to like undercover as a white woman. Shut up. She did not. <laughs> when? <laughs> like 2006 was a different time. 
Uh, so I don't see Dude. you doing blackface, but I see you maybe put on like a blonde wig, some glasses, and then walking into the Scientology building and then like busting them, you know. Oh, yeah. I've, I have um, I have a bunch of ideas, actually, that I would love to do. One of my favorite things that I did recently was enlisting the help of Ariel. Because, again, I was because I'm so introverted, doing some stuff is kind of uncomfortable for me because I get like uh, uh, interacting with people sometimes, which is so funny because, you know, you would never guess that from talking to me, but I do get yeah. like massive nervousness. So I said to Ariel, would you mind calling this um this clinic? Oh yeah, the oh, place I got my The one that you told me from? about, yes. Uh, and so I said, would you mind calling the clinic? Cause I can't do it myself cause I'm demented and a bad liar, such a bad liar. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'd love to enlist the people around me to do this sort of thing because Uncovering that was awesome. Like her being able to call up and get confirmation that they're operating on bloody 12 year olds was like. Because it blew my mind even. So the story very briefly, you guys, is that I had tweeted that um, I went to my plastic surgery center that I went to with my friend who was getting surgery to help her out. Mm -hmm. And the person at the front of the office recognized me and said like, you know, and if she knew who I was, why would she ever say this? But she was like, oh, it's so sad. We have to cancel all these kids appointments. And I'm mm -hmm. like, why? I didn't really even know there was like a new law in Texas, which was rightfully banning kids from getting surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, I had to cancel on a 14 year old. So I'm sitting here freaking out that they do it on 14 year olds. Mm -hmm. And then you call and it's actually 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. So they're evil. Oh, it's a whole thing. So they're evil. Well, it's a whole thing. And this is like, oh my God. I would, I know, that, work, I, I, know we, evil. I know we got a rap, but even I was on Twitter the other day. <laughs> on Twitter the other day. I'm always on Twitter. Yeah. But I was I was reading comments on someone's thread and someone was like, no one's doing surgeries on 12-year-old children. That's what they do. They gaslight you. Oh, and I was like, no, I l like literally heard someone say on the phone from a clinic, your clinic even, that you physically went yeah. to. People they... said I was lying and then you actually called and, and then... people still said I was lying. And there's footage of Ariel talking. And yeah. I, we didn't, she was like, please don't expose the, the woman who I was speaking to because she genuinely seemed very concerned and like genuinely like a nice person. And I was like, uh, and then you then you look at the woman in Miami whose name escapes me, the Irish woman, Gallagher. God, what's her name? I don't know. Anyway, she operates on bloody 12-year-olds. Like, anyway, it's a thing. It's a real it's, thing. And, and it's Don't fucking evil. It is. It is. But, you know, this is what they do on so many things, not even just this topic. It's like no one's really on house arrest for lockdowns. Australians do have rights. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like they will, no. like— they tell you things aren't happening and then when they finally admit it, all the damage has been done and then yep. our side has to pick up the pieces. Yep. It's so disgusting. That's with all this, uh, well, actually, we won't, we won't get into it all the, the jab stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to keep this. That'll this get is, you this banned. Is a, this yeah. is a new channel? Um, not, not jab. When I say jab, I actually mean cuddling baby elephants. That's she means penetration. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Sydney. <laughs> Perfect way to edit it. That's beautiful. Everyone go follow Sydney on everything. All the links will be in the description. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.